Learning how to read nonverbal cues can make you a better physician. And your poker skills may just improve while you're at it. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Reiner. Dr. Reiner is a family physician and part-time professional poker player in Pahrump, Nevada. Welcome to ReachMD. Thank you, Leslie. Great to be here. So, Dr. Reiner, tell us how you got interested in poker. I think it was something that I just grew up with. My dad, who is a professor of gynecology at Texas Tech University, he uh, used to have his friends over at the house with you know, their wives and would get together. The men would play poker and the women would play a tile game called Mahjong. I never really got into that, but I was very curious. I used to sneak around there and watch them playing poker, and they were laughing and having a good time, and it just seemed very interesting. And he uh, taught me a little bit about the game and how to play, and I think we, as brothers, we grew up playing. And I remember in high school, we would get together and play, and in college, we'd play a lot, you know, at the fraternity houses. And I just enjoyed the social aspect of playing poker as well as the competition part of it. And kind of grew into something that I just enjoyed doing, and we didn't really have much of a chance in medical school. It was just very busy in the residency, and poker kind of made this comeback, and I said, I know how to play this game. <laughs> I started playing again. Medicine and poker run in the family then. They do. They do. My brother is also a ear, nose, and throat physician in uh, Denver. So I have three brothers, and one of them is a physician, and the other one is a more of a computer programmer. But can you beat him in poker? Uh, yes, I can. Well, actually, my brother, Danny, he actually really got me back into poker. It was kind of interesting. I enjoyed playing blackjack, and we would talk about different forms of gambling, and he told me that poker was actually a better game than blackjack. And I said, no, you can't be right. And he actually got me back into playing poker. I learned a lot from him, and then I just took it to the next level. I assume it helps to live in Las Vegas to be a poker player? I think it does, but when I compare poker around the country, I think Las Vegas is a mecca for poker. With the World Series of Poker being out here and some of the bigger events, I love being close to the World Series, and I can kind of make it down here to play that game when you know that's in town, and I don't have to travel long distances to play with the better players. With the Internet poker, you're nothing more than a few clicks away from a poker game, that could be quite dangerous. But I think Vegas has the bigger players. It has the better games. I think if you want to learn how to be a better poker player, I think you want to play with better players. Yeah, you may get beat, but uh, you learn from your mistakes. I think we all do that. Can you make any money playing poker, though? You know, making money and gambling and playing poker is quite an interesting deal. I, I guess that all depends on how good you are and how much you take the time to learn. I think there are a lot of people that do make very good money playing poker. Um, they play in the cash games, and they're very skilled at what they do. They do it all the time. But I think when it comes to gambling, I think you have to know your limits, and you have to be able to manage your money. And it doesn't matter whether you gamble in any form of endeavor. You have to know when to say this is enough and when you're in and when you're out. So professional gambling is nothing more than good money management because it is a lot of luck, and you have to ride the good times and you have to you know push your luck a little bit so to say when things are going good and you have to uh, draw back a little bit when things aren't going mm -hmm. so good. Now your full-time day job is being a family physician. How much time do you spend in your side job of being a poker player? Well as much as my real job will allow me to do. Uh, <laughs> 
I try and play competitively in a tournament situation. I love uh, no-limit tournaments. That seems to be what all the craze is about today. But I try to play whenever possible, but usually one or two tournaments per month because they take so long. I mean, they do take an all-day issue. The cash games you can get in and out of. But I usually try and spend anywhere from five to... 10 to 20 hours a month playing poker. But, you know, I'm very busy in my uh, family practice and with my family. It's not something that I would be able to spend a lot of time doing. But uh, if the time were permitted, then I would probably spend more time doing it. Yeah. How do you know when you're an amateur versus a professional poker player? What's the difference? (laughs) Well, I think as an amateur, you're playing for fun, you're playing for excitement, you're playing to kill some time. I think I would call myself more of a semi-professional in the sense that I take it very seriously and I try to win whenever I possibly can. I'm not just trying to kill some time. I'm trying to actually take a bankroll or a small amount of money and, and grow it into something bigger and, and work your way up to the bigger tournaments. You know, I don't play the main $10,000 or the big buy-in events. They take a week's worth of time and, and I'm just not in that position to take that time to do that. Do any of your patients know that you're a semi-professional poker player? I don't think they really knew until I did well in the World Series of Poker this year. I placed 21st in one of their side events. Wow. The local paper ran an article about me because I was the only person who placed in the money in the World Series in this particular, uh, in Pahrump. So it ran a kind of a half-page article about my winnings in the World Series, and there was a picture of me, and a couple of my patients brought it in to me and said, you know, this is, we're so proud of you. And then a few of the other patients were like, are you leaving? (laughs) Is this the end of you? Are you going to be on TV and, you know, a truly professional poker player? And I said, no, I'm not going to get there. But if the opportunity came up and I won a huge event, well, you know, medicine might take a back seat to poker playing. It was really funny. One of the patients I heard was saying, well, that's why you can never get in to see Dr. Reiner, because he's too busy playing poker, which was absolutely a falsehood. But that was one of the scuttlebutts I heard around town. It was kind of interesting. And my wife, oh, she had a cow when the article came out. She said, now people are going to think you're just a gambler and you're not even a doctor. So it ran both ways, believe me. <laughs> if you're just joining our discussion, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Michael Reiner. We are discussing his career as a family practice doc and part-time professional poker player. Now, Mike, does your skill at poker translate into being a better doctor? Well, I think it does. You know, when we went to medical school, we were taught how to take an interview and how to, you know, take an open-ended interview with patients. And I don't know, you being a psychiatrist, you have to sit there and let people tell you their story. And I think in times today, we would love to be able to sit down in a patient's room and put them on a couch and have them tell us our whole story. We're really, really busy today trying to see as many people as we can. And as I got into poker, I realized that there was a whole armamentarium of information out there about nonverbal tells. And I really knew nothing about them. I knew nothing about the whole science of nonverbal tells. And I attended a couple of poker seminars, and there was a retired FBI agent there, um, and his name is Joe Navarro, and uh, he runs a website, Navarro Poker, and, and he spent his whole life decoding nonverbal tells. And I imagine in intelligence work and police work, people aren't saying much, whether it's a physician's officer telling you everything they possibly can in a short period of time. But 
at a poker table, when you're seated there, people aren't saying much. They're pretty much kind of cramped in, and they have sunglasses on, and they're doing everything they can to lie about what they're doing. That's so-called poker face. And then there became this whole thing of nonverbal tells. What do they do in certain stressful situations? And I thought, you know, this is something I could really use in my practice, too, because we're busy, we're in and out of rooms, we're moving very fast, and sometimes we have our head in the chart and we're not really paying attention to what's going on. And so it kind of rethought my whole theory about looking at what patients do when you're talking to them, when you suggest a therapy, when you suggest, I need to get this particular test. And I started to look at maybe clues that they would be uncomfortable with what I was suggesting. There were high confidence and low confidence verbal tells. The verbal tell for low confidence usually requires a negative gravity situation. You would maybe see their head slump or maybe their arms would drop down when you would make a suggestion and that would give me a clue that they were unhappy or dissatisfied with something that I had said and I would take the time in most cases to say um, you appear to be unhappy with that and you'd be amazed at how their eyes would light up and they say, how did you know that? Mm. Uh, so it has really opened some doors that I would have never even known existed until I started playing more poker. Do you see many poker players in your practice? Actually, yeah. I attended one of the seminars, and I was there, seated at a table with, I think, a group of professionals, people just like myself, a lawyer, a couple of, uh, one of an accountant, another orthopedic surgeon. I mean, we were all sitting there taking lessons from this professional poker player who was actually cleaning their clock as he <laughs> sat there. It was really amazing. But he started picking our brain about, you know, our professions, and we started picking his brain about his profession. And Next thing you know, one thing led to another, and I became a personal physician for him. Then he introduced me. One thing led to another, and I got a call one day to come see Joe Hashim after he just won the World Series. His family was having an issue, and I happened to be down in Las Vegas, and I saw him and his family, and we became good friends. And I've met a lot of professional poker players, you know, and able to offer them medical services that they need. And, of course, I picked their brains for poker information. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. We have been discussing Dr. Michael Reiner's life as a full-time family practice physician and a part-time professional poker player. I'm Dr. Leslie Lent. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments, so please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library Thank you for listening.